0: So let's uh, go into the raw material for today. This is session seventeen, re-listened version. Uh, received February third, nineteen eighty-one. Uh, previously, we this is I guess the third, third session. Uh, previously, we discussed um, Jesus and harvest. <clears throat> and Ra gave a lot of very important information about uh, Jesus Yeshua, and ended with the comment that uh, it's it's there's not going to be a return of Jesus the guy the man the man the the, the adept, but actually uh, a return of others of identical congruency of consciousness. 1722, where we left last time. And so, Jesus or Yeshua, from whose origin was in the late last subplane or the end of uh, fourth density, being a late fourth density positive wanderer, <clears throat> uh, basically did. You know, again, Ra doesn't really say that everything in the Bible is true or everything in the New Testament relating to the life of Jesus is true. He doesn't say that Ra doesn't say that at all, but doesn't knock out certain ideas specifically unless Don asked about them. And in some cases uh Ra seems to affirm that Don's assumption is correct by not challenging it like Don's wondering about the statement in the Bible, New Testament, that Jesus will return, or the return of the Messiah. And Ra doesn't exactly say that he didn't say that, uh, but Ra interprets it in a more philosophical way. Did Yeshua really say that? Uh, I'm not sure, (laughs) you know this is very there's some very subtle metaphysics of balancing preserving free will here, so what Ra did say was that Yeshua became aware that he was not uh, a, an, an entity of itself, meaning that he was a member of the collective, a messenger of the one creator whom he saw as love, uh, <clears throat> meaning he knew that he was uh, on a team. And coming uh, not as uh, an individual wandering soul but as a representative and representing a collective so he was aware that the cycle third density was in its last portion and that's you know now we're in the last portion of the last portion the last portion being the last two thousand years of the 75,000 year cycle and there are many ways to divide that if we divide it into 373 cycles what's called the master cycles of 25,000 years actually it's a major cycle major cycle of 25,000 years uh, that is the equinox the procession of the equinox uh, meaning the 12 zodiac signs progression every Two thousand twenty-one hundred years or so times 12 is 25,000 each of those 12 zodiac progression times is about 2,000 years that's about the time when Yeshua was, was alive about 2,000 years ago so <clears throat> he came at the end of the final portion of of uh, the uh, last you know the begin the last at the fur at the beginning <clears throat> of the last 2000 period 2000 year period of the final 25000 year period you see if you don't study this you won't get it from just listening once a week if you don't study this you won't get it i mean if you don't want to study that's just fine too but if you want to get it you have to study it more than just uh, listen to it once a week or once or twice a week. People have talked to me about this recently and said, you know, it's too difficult. But, you know, if you don't read, you won't get it. And if you don't want to read, that's fine. But don't assume you'll get it. <laughs> you know, if you this is advanced. This is not easy. This is complicated and subtle and um, deep and heavy. And, you know, there's a lot going on with this teaching, Ra's teaching and Buddhist teaching. If you don't make real effort to study, you will not get it. There'll be many, many, many undigested foods in your gut, you know. You'll put it in your mouth and swallow it undigested or, or unchewed. It'll get it'll remain undigested if you don't chew it. But you won't be able to chew it well unless you've developed your jaw, your jaw and your key, your teeth. <clears throat> you know, the way to develop your jaws and your teeth is by the effort of study reading if you don't want it it's fine but if you don't then when you hear this stuff a lot will come in and be unchewed and you'll swallow it and it won't digest so well and then you'll end up with lots and lots of not sure I don't know which is fine (laughs) but that it leads to indigestion and uh, uh, tummy ache and some problem so uh, this is not easy and it's you're not going to get it by hearing it once a week you only get it by studying it, (laughs) a few hours a week or more and if you don't want to do that that's fine but um something that's difficult cannot be easily acquired so the point is that yeshua knowing that earth was about to finish its 3d cycle wanted to give wanted to to give something of value of himself and his teaching, uh, so that you know more as many possible would hear and listen, an open heart. And so Ross said, um, that his teaching was that those of its consciousness, those of his consciousness, would return at the harvest. That's really the meaning of the return. Uh, and so. The meaning of the return is the return of those of uh, the love vibration assisting those who are harvestable at the time of dimensional shift and welcoming them to um, heaven on earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth, which will be the utopia or the paradise or the very lovely world conditions associated with 4D positive. Now we get to the new material, and we'll see how far we can go. 1723, a couple of questions here about harvest. Don says, you spoke of the alleviation of karma being forgiveness. Uh, And so he said he's going to have to come back to that later. Uh, But then he goes to, well, can you tell me why the earth will be 4D positive instead of 4D negative? It's after the cycle is complete since it seems uh, that there's a greater negative population. It's a very good question that a lot of wanderers ask, or wonder, and I've wondered, how how can this planet go 4D positive? Why? Why will Earth go 4th density positive when there's this basic somewhat uh, negative or clearly negative uh, atmosphere in human society? But the the clear negativity of human society, which is, Ross said, somewhat negative, uh, is not the same thing as uh, a metaphysical uh, capacity of humanity as a whole. It's, it's a uh, atmospheric condition, but it's not, um, it's not essential. And Ra explains, the earth seems to be negative. That is due to the quiet horror which is the common distortion which those good or positively oriented entities have towards the occurrences which are of your space-time present. However, those oriented and harvestable in the ways of service to others greatly outnumber those whose orientation towards service to self has become that of harvestable quality. So the earth seems to be negative. There is a social... um, prestidigitation (laughs) magicians trick veil covering and uh, imbuing our perceptions of society Uh, and sure there's lots of negativity in society no doubt absolutely look on the headlines every day (laughs) look at the newscasters themselves (laughs) fools many fools and knaves most So, uh, it's not, I wouldn't agree with Ra that it's only the quiet horror which we good or positively oriented entities have towards what's going on, but that's going on too, meaning there is a certain kind of uh, abhorrence, revulsion, shock, um, chronic uh, wounding we feel looking at society, uh, if we're looking out into society, Uh, at the negativity, at the suffering and injustice and uh, evils of society and human leaders who are really increasingly disgusting these days and increasingly showing their contemptibility. So, and really, you know, you you really have to be a confirmed, um, you you really have to be very actively uh, avoiding truth to continue trusting human leadership. You have to really reject truth uh, ever more strongly if you wish to follow human leadership or trust and believe human leadership. But some people are willing to do that because they're so terrified of the reality, which is <laughs> that uh, there are the, those leaders are not good folks. That's terrifying, and you've been lied to all your life. That's too terrifying. So many people stay plugged into the Matrix. But, despite the, you know, apparent power of the Matrix, um, Ra says that those who are harvestable positively, service to other 4D positive harvestable, are greatly outnumbering those who are harvestable 3D negative. There are some 3D negative, there are some humans that I now can see, I believe, are harvestable to to uh, to 4D negative, but uh, we can talk about that later. So, 1724, Don says, so in other words, there will be fewer negative entities being harvested into fourth density than there will be positive. Is it correct? It's correct, Ross says, meaning the 4D negative harvest will be much lower than the 4D positive harvest, and Earth will go into 4D positive of uh, because actually, because the numbers of harvestable four D positive are much larger, greatly outnumber. It's in my view, it's because of that great outnumbering of the number of people positively harvestable, harvestable to four D positive over those capable uh, qualified to graduate to 4D negative. Because of that great outnumbering, that's why Earth goes into 4D positive. And Ross says, um, meanwhile, the great majority of your peoples will repeat their density. Great majority. Majority is what? 51%? So what's a great majority? <laughs> that's, of course, the question. What's What will be the, the harvesting percentage? And again, you know, Uh, I would be surprised if it's over 15%. So I would assume 5 to 15% harvestable, meaning of 7 billion, uh, we'll have somewhere between what? About 500, you know, 500 million to a million. I can't even imagine that many. I have always thought 500 million, that may be too liberal. Anyway, uh, that'll be that. <laughs> and most people will repeat the density, and that includes those who are negative, who are not harvestable forty negative. They're they're negatively oriented, but they're not enough. They're not evil enough to graduate forty negative and join Orion. Uh they will repeat the density too. Now, if we want to see a couple of guys who really um, did their homework, seventeen twenty five, Don asks, how did Taras Bulba? Genghis Khan and Rasputin get harvested prior to harvest, <laughs> meaning how did they graduate to 4D negative, which they did prior to dimensional shift. And this is a metaphysical principle. Ross says, 1725, it is the right privilege duty of those opening consciously the gate to intelligent infinity to choose the manner of their leaving of the density. Those of negative orientation who so achieved this right duty, most often choose to move forward in their learned teaching of service to self. And so, um, two, there are two principles being spoken here. Number one, um, for any, in the case of 3D soul, but actually, you know, may well be applicable in higher dimensions, it is the privilege, it's the right, it's the duty, it's the it, it's the privilege, let's just say. It's given to anyone who consciously opens the gate to intelligent infinity, meaning uh, by spiritual work, practice, adept path type stuff, meditation, opens the gate to intelligent infinity during the incarnation. For that one, they may freely choose the manner of their leaving that density. And they are... By that achievement, opening consciously the gate to intelligent infinity, that's seventh density, right? That's activating the shuttle from sixth chakra to eighth density. From eighth density, intelligent infinity, down through the crown, through the octave, into this octave, or into the reception at the third eye, taking it as intelligent energy. That's a contact with intelligent infinity. That is a moment of enlightenment. That is called uh, penetration to reality. And uh, when that is done during the Incarnation, the person can leave any time they want. And that is their right, it's a privilege, and we can also say it's a duty, meaning they must. But they will choose the time of their leaving. And so those of the negative orientation can do that too. That's quite a lot of negative you know that's very so strong because they're blocked in second third and fourth chakras yet nevertheless they can establish some kind of a um, full circuit energetic connection from root chakra to crown chakra going around second and third and fourth block chakras springboarding off five to six and making contact with intelligent infinity seven seven eight that's a piece of work uh, for a negative. Uh, They can do it too, and then Ross said, those in the negative orientation who have uh, made that opening, who've done that work, who have that right, therefore, um, generally they're not going to stay here, and they move forward, and that's their learn, teaching, learning of uh, service itself. They don't normally hang around after they do that. Okay, so let's move on. There are a lot of small questions here about spontaneous combustion. Uh, Don was wondering, is this the reason for spontaneous combustion? Ross said, no, it's not correct, 1726. Uh, And Don re-questions, can you tell me what causes that phenomenon of spontaneous combustion, people blowing up in their bodies? Ross says, picture, if you will, a forest. One tree is struck by lightning, it burns. Lightning does not strike elsewhere, elsewhere does not burn. There are random occurrences which do not have to do with the entity, but with the window phenomenon of which we spoke. Uh, And Ron explains 1728, are these particular entities, I guess he means people who are spontaneously combusting, you can see videos of this or something online, it's very bizarre, people just explode. It's very strange. Are these particular entities all uniquely the same or just random entities? And Ra said the latter is correct, meaning they're random. Ra seem, doesn't explain it fully, but seems to indicate uh, that there's a window phenomenon. Uh, Ra had, of course, spoken of the window phenomenon in terms of the Orion Crusaders seeking to get in here. And uh, the windows are produced by the Guardians. Um, light love barrier the quarantine itself the quarantine uh, like a random number generator uh, yet does produce openings through which Orion entities sometimes could come through meaning they could discover windows in the quarantine the quarantine by the Guardians uh, appears to be random uh, meaning uh, the 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 calculations or the um, manifestation of the the barrier the quarantine barrier uh, couldn't be penetrated um, by any by the negative uh, orion because it seems that the appearance of the windows are random but actually like a random number generator but actually it's not random. From the level at which it's produced or or caused, which is eighth density guardian. It's very complicated, all this. Uh, I don't know if Ra is really saying that spontaneous combustion is the result of Orion entities finding a, a window in the quarantine, <laughs> coming through and zapping somebody. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think uh, it's akin to the randomness of the window phenomenon in the quarantine. Uh, That it just happens that lightning strikes one tree and that's the end of that. Uh, It's a random or it's a rare phenomenon, obviously, uh, that occurs like the uh, appearance of windows or openings in the quarantine, uh, which... Uh, you know, which no one can predict here in this octave, (laughs) or uh, not anything below the level of the Guardians. So uh, I think that's what Ra is explaining. Anyway, um, it's not such a big deal. (laughs) But it's not so good for the person or their relatives if somebody spontaneously combusts. But there there is many strange there are technology there's also technology. you can see I once saw it may not be up still a video on YouTube that looked like a police officer, highway patrol fellow stopping a car at night and getting freaked out at the door uh, when he's trying to give the guy a ticket or get his license and registration and the next thing you know is the the policeman disappears the policeman is like spontaneously combusted and the car screeches away <laughs> it's very odd you can find it if you look and it's it's very spooky um an important very important question about harvest harvest in this case is um used as a the moment of dimensional shift here. Harvest is a overall process and it can also be identified to a discrete event of dimensional shift in which basically there's no more inhabitation of the third density environment on Earth. So 1729, and you can, again, all of these need a lot of discussion uh, to really ex- understand Don says, Am I to understand that the harvest will occur in the year 2011, or will it be spread? <laughs> Good question. Will uh, harvest as the uh, graduating of souls capable of it into fourth density, and the end of third density incarnation habitation. Uh, associated with the end of the third density cycle on Earth and the beginning of a viable, um, you know, uh, substantial, more or less substantial fourth density phase of evolution, meaning um, beginning the culture like what Howard Storm saw 200 years from now. Uh, Not just right now some double-bodied indigo wanderer, you know, some double-bodied fourth density wanderers are here children they're not children they're fourth density wanderers with double body. you can say they're already living in fourth density well, i seem to imply that but that doesn't mean the third density cycle is over so there are many ways of of explaining what harvest means whether it's discrete or spread out whether it's <clears throat> applicable um whether it's a it's a um broad-based or a very specific um, process. There there are different ways of understanding it. But this question, uh, 1729, seems to indicate that Don is trying to uh, get a sense of um, will it be a discrete event or will it be over many years? Ross said, this is an approximation. We have stated we have difficulty with your time-space, meaning numbering. This is an appropriate probable possible time space this is a actually the phrase is this is an appropriate probable possible time space nexus for harvest. those who are not in, in those who are not in incarnation at this time will be included in the harvest, of course, that means those who are on the astral plane. those who are not in body, those who are on the astral planes will be included in the harvest. Uh, including the hell hell beings and the ghosts. Um, Well, it's a poor answer, unfortunately, because it doesn't really help us understand whether uh, it'll be one year or many. Uh, At one point, Rod said, you know, 30 years approximately. It was a question, you know, I think this was, maybe we even did this session. It was also asked in 1981. I think it was an earlier question. Don was asking is harvest, you know, after harvest, after, after the time of Earth changes, will we will the Earth be fourth density? Ross said, you know, in approximately 30 years, that will be the end of the Earth changes. That was 1981. That became 20, 2011. That is this year, figure 2011. Obviously, it hasn't happened. Now, some happy new age folks will say no fourth density started and all the evil evil negatives are gone but you just see you know, you're know, you you're living in a dream or the timeline is shifted or, or well what i see on the headlines of the newspaper doesn't look like orion is booted out yet and i still see war everywhere uh, not in front of me right now but you know <laughs> uh, obviously third density has not ended to our um you know, slice of uh, space-time perception. Uh, Clearly, you can say the fourth density has started in that the double-bodied wanderers are here and have some conscious experience in their fourth density energy field. Okay, it's very subtle. But uh, the real, in my limited understanding, the real uh, marker of dimensional shift is the end of 3D civilization and the artifacts of 3D, which won't, here, won't be here in the future. There will be some time when there's no 3D inhabitation. There are no human-level souls. You're either a, a soul based in love or you're not here. And during that time, there will be a temporary non-inhabitation of the 3D sphere, meaning there will be no 3D civilization for a while after a while there will be again during that time you can say that that's the beginning of fourth density uh but uh you can't really say that it has started fully because uh, the ways of 3d and 3d souls are still right here and you can be sure that they're influenced by uh, orion so this is not unfortunately this is a very uh, not helpful answer 1729 it's appropriate probable possible time for harvest 2011 doesn't do as much good here in 2014 um and and ron said we have difficulty with your time space obviously so that's that there'll be a couple more questions on harvest uh, later don is jumping around a bit in this session uh back to service to other 1730 well don says Well, if an entity wants to learn to be of service to others rather than service to self while he's in third density, are there best ways of being of service to others? Which is a very important question. Or is any way just as good as any other way? Meaning, if we want to be STO, positively oriented, service to other, what's the best way? Is there any best way? Is there not any best way? And Ross said, you know, Ross covered this already. The best way to be of service to others has been explicitly covered in previous material. We will iterate briefly. Everybody says reiterate, right? Ra is the only one who says iterate because they're just going to explain it. The best way of service to others is the constant attempt to seek to share the love of the creator as it is known to the inner self. This involves self-knowledge and the ability to open the self to the other self without hesitation. This involves, shall we say, radiating that which is the essence or the heart of the mind-body-spirit complex. Speaking to the intention of your question, the best way for each seeker in 3D, third density, to be of service to others is unique to that mind-body-spirit complex. This means that the mind-body-spirit complex must then seek within itself the intelligent intelligence of its own discernment as to the way it may best serve others. selves. This will be different for each. There is no best. There is no generalization. Nothing is known. I often say I don't know anything. But what they mean is, uh, you know, if you go to the teacher and says, tell me what to do, he'll say, figure it out yourself. You know, it's a self-betrayal. It's a slap in your own face to think you don't know. It's it's self-dismissal. It's self-denigration. Uh, to put yourself down, to think you don't know. Of course you know. How does anybody know? because they've made an effort, and and knowledge dawned. How does a how does a master know? You think he knew from his teacher? Hell no. <laughs> he knows because he figured it out. By years of seeking. That's all. The guy, the one you go to and say, "Tell me." Is simply the one, if he knows, who has spent years seeking and some knowledge has come to be. And so Howard Storm asked, what's the best religion? You know, humans are so low self-valuing. Howard Storm says, tell me the right best religion, I'll do it. I'll do what you tell me. And they say, there is no best religion. Whatever helps you get closest to God so you love God and love one another. And Don asks, tell me what's the best way to do it, to be of service to others, and I'll do it. I'll do it. Tell me what to do. That, that don't cut it. That don't cut it. That's not the way of uh, the Master Chela, Chela disciple and Master. That doesn't work, you know. <clears throat> we have to figure it out ourselves. So Ra says, the best way for each seeker in 3D is unique to that person. Uh, You must seek within yourself the intelligence of your own discernment and the way you can best serve others. So I'm putting this into easier language. There's no best way, or the best way for each person to be of service to others is unique to you. For each person, it's unique. Each person, each of us, then must seek within ourselves our intelligence and discernment. By our intelligence and by our discernment we will seek within ourselves to figure out what's the best way for us. Which really means I I know I do counseling on this year after year. It really means what do you want? It starts with what do you want? What do you like? I mean what do you what will I do? What should I do? What should I do? Starts with what do I want? What do I like? What do I value? It's not that difficult, but you need to, you know, we're living in a society where nobody listens to each other, generally, where there's massive anonymity, where parents and children and brothers and sisters and husbands and wives don't even talk deeply, generally, generally. People don't listen to each other. People don't talk deeply. People don't know themselves deeply. People don't have deep sharing. What do you expect? Then we walk around not knowing where we're coming from. What do I really like? What do I value? What do I want? How can I decide? You can't decide if you don't know your mind <laughs> and you don't know your heart. So accept your heart, you know, be with your heart, which is your feeling flow. Then you can know your mind. Then you can know what you value. Then you'll know clearly what I want, what I don't want. Then you'll know how to serve others. You serve others in the way that's fulfilling to you, that's valuable to you and possibly, hopefully, beneficial to others. You you teach what you've learned. That's all. And if they don't want it, it's not their fault. It's just because it doesn't fit. Uh, and so there's no best. There's no best. There's no best way to serve others, and there is no best religion. Uh, there are some religions that have a deeper understanding than others, for sure. But um there are good people in bad religion and bad people in good religion or you know when the when the cow drinks water it turns to milk, when the snake drinks water it turns to poison. So it's um the receiver that determines um the manifestation. But in general, from a philosophical view or that which is um Above 3D activity, physical action, there is the metaphysical um, condition. There is a metaphysical condition that expresses a summit or, or a high degree of service, pure service to other, And that's the first paragraph here. The best way of service to others is a constant attempt to seek to share the love of the creator as it's known to the inner self. Now, if you don't walk around thinking about the creator and love of the creator, you know, this is all deistic, theistic. This is very Western. This is all because there were Westerners asking these questions, and Carla was a very strong, is a strong mystic Christian, or or esoteric Christian. Excuse me. Therefore, it's all uh, personalized, anthropomorphic, uh, love of the Creator. Well, is this table the Creator? Should I love the, the table? Well, the Creator, the table is the Creator. <laughs> in front of me, you know. Um, but it doesn't express a totality or a great. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, exp, it, 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 its form doesn't express <laughs> the infinity of the Creator. While you know, a tree or a mountain, a mountainside or the sun, or a galaxy, is a, a greater expression of the infinity of the creator. But they're all a creator. Meanwhile, uh, some people go and some people don't go on a um, deistic, theistic way of looking. And so, in the Pleiadian contact with Billy Meyer, they don't say creator, they said the creation and that's a very useful concept or useful way of looking, the Billy Meyer contact with uh, Semyase, uh, for whatever that's worth, uh, there's some deep teaching there I found. And they never say the creator, they say the creation. But the creation is the body of the creator. And the laws of creation are a portion of the mind of the creator. So the creator is imminent and transcendent, both. This is some Western philosophical uh, dis- discussion over centuries. Is God within the creation, or is God outside the creation? Both, obviously, and beyond it too. In it, of it, beyond it, the source of it, and and uh, and far beyond it. Far greater than it too. So, uh, we can say the word creator, we can say not we can use the word creator or not. Um, we can say the best way of service to others is constantly trying, constant attempt to seek, right? Ra doesn't say this is also, you'll see this in other places in the raw material and some other very positive contacts with other teachers. The The teaching I and mean, in Gautama's work, uh, Gautama Buddha, they won't say you must do it, but you. they would say you ought to Attempt to keep trying to do it. Try, Confucius talks this way, to try to rectify your your understanding. To keep uh, trying to seek. The constant attempt to seek to share the love of the Creator. So it's a continual seeking or attempting effort to seek something. But it doesn't mean you're going to do it all the time or you can be successful all the time. It's just to keep seeking, to continue seeking, to share pure love, whatever that means to you, open heart, moment by moment. But you see, there are, you know, it's it's foolish, it's not, it, 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 it needs wisdom, we need discernment to know how to do that to who. I mean, if I smile at every person on the street, I'm a buffoon, actually because every person on the street doesn't want to smile at me, and it may not make them uncomfortable. So I'm a fool if I smile to everybody in the street thinking that I'm, she- I'm sharing the love of the Creator as it's known to me. Well, maybe I am, but my knowing of the love of the Creator is pretty limited, thinking that that's the best way to smile to everyone on the street. Not seeing that most people don't want me to smile at them, and they don't know what it means, and they're confused because they think there's a problem. So how to share boundless love? Well, you have to have wisdom. <clears throat> so the degree to which you develop wisdom is the degree to which your sharing of love will be efficient or effective or, or on target or useful or helpful or beneficial. I mean, there is pearls before swine, Jesus said. And so you cast your pearls before swine and they chew them or they step on them and they shit on them. So you can give something of great value to somebody who doesn't appreciate and then they spit on it or throw it away. That's foolish. right? That's also called idiot compassion. Chogyam Trungpa talked about idiot compassion. That's compassion without wisdom, without um, discernment so, um, we need to be uh clever as snake too uh what goes further and, and that's why Ross says this involves self knowledge self knowledge you have to know yourself and the ability to open the self to other self without hesitation. that's just pure open heart. that's actually in some ways easier than discernment because Uh, discernment is very, very subtle. Um, I might turn to the right because later I have to turn to the left. But I can't turn to the left now. The only way to get to the left is to go to the right. Or I've got to be quiet now so they will feel comfortable and speak so that later I can say something. But if I say it now, um, they'll run away. So there's all sorts of subtle discernment needed in wisdom or associated with wisdom. The wisdom of service, the wisdom of opaya, skillful means in helping others. Very difficult. Just to open yourself like, oh, I love you, okay, I hope you're happy. That's not so difficult, actually. <laughs> uh, at the highest level, and this is actually very more chakra love, Ross said, this involves, shall we say, radiating that which is the essence or heart of the mind-body-spirit complex. Radiation of your realization of oneness with the creator, Rahat said. Radiating, freely radiating, seeking to freely radiate, right? Seeking to freely radiate your realization of oneness with the creator. Well, I don't think creator all the time, honestly, but when I see the world, natural world, I may marvel at the beauty of the mind that created it. Um. But you can see that the creation is the creator, and all that is is uh, of a creation. Is 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 the result of a source, which we can call the creator. And like Howard Storm, if you look at the sun, you know the sun is really beautiful, and galaxies are really beautiful, and that's the expression of creator. So, um, whether we use that term or not, it's basically uh, seeking to share love but that requires wisdom. (laughs) And then there's simply a radiation or the essence of your being, which is the service to other that's automatic when there's six chakra activation, balanced six chakra activation. That's another story. So, (laughs) sorry, long stories here. So let's get into some questions on harvest, more questions on harvest and third density and see what we can finish. 1731, Don asks about the book Owaspe O-A-H-S-P-E. I think it's from the 19th century old book. Don says, in the book Owaspe it states that an individual is more than 50% for others, that is, goes over the 50% service to others, and less than 50% service himself, he's harvestable. Is it a correct statement? And so it means... His view from Owaspe. What Owaspe said was that uh, if a person is over fifty percent, I guess, in terms of of their intention, actually, in service to other, then harvestable. Is it correct? Ross said it's correct. This is correct if the harvesting is to be for fourth for for positive fourth dimensional level, meaning four D positive. Positive four D level. The positive fourth dimension meaning staying with the earth also, right? Which is going into fourth dimension positive. Mm. The requirement really is fifty one percent serves the other. What that means. Um it it's basically um seeking the seeking honesty <laughs> and goodness. Sincerely seeking goodness honesty, what's best for you and me, always, or at least 51%, seeking it a little bit more often, not always, a little bit more often than not. And the ways of drop-down from fourth chakra or heart-based living um, involve, like in relationship, desire to control, fear of being controlled, desire to possess, fear of being possessed. So desire... And fear, associated with control and possession. So if you want to control your lover, that's not heart chakra activation. If you're afraid that they're going to control you, possess me, oh my god, I have to be so careful. Uh, that's also uh, third chakra blockage, not fourth chakra activation living. So fear associated, fears of of. Being controlled or losing one's freedom, desire to control or dominate, dishonesty of any sort, um, unwillingness to um, share, or at least know ourselves truly, rash, making just making rationalizations, making excuses, using tricky language to hide things, fooling ourselves, not being. Sincere with ourselves about this and that. These are all indications of drop down from um, harvestability, qualities of being harvestable positive, well, positive way. So you got to figure that out yourself. So, what must the entity's percentage, uh, shall we say, what must be the entity's percentage if he's to be harvested for the negative? There's 1732. Ra replies, The entity who wishes to pursue the path of service to self, negative path, must attain a grade of (laughs) 5. That is 5% service to other, meaning 95% service to self. This much must approach totality. The negative path is quite difficult to attain harvestability upon and requires great dedication. So you can take note of that. Uh, and the NSA and NASA and uh, whoever negative is listening. The negative path is quite difficult to attain harvestability upon and requires great dedication. That's why 90% of the souls graduating out of 3D in the galaxy, Ross said, go into 4D positive. 90% go 4D positive, 10% go into 4D negative just because uh, this grade of 5% service to other which is considered as difficult to attain as 51% service to other are the requirements for graduation. Meaning uh, 51% service to other allows whatever that means, service to other, right? Uh, It's really the way of of love and truth, fourth and fifth chakra activation. 51% of that uh, in that allows harvestable graduation to 4D positive and also then 95% service self or only a compression down only, down to only 5% service other uh, would lead to harvestability into 4D negative. And so, you know, human leaders are not not evil enough generally to get into 4D negative. But there are a few and you can see them. If you see online, you can see a few. They are famous, actually. <laughs> they have positions of great power, but they're generally a little bit outside the political, um, and uh, their face shows it, as far as I can tell. So, Why is the negative path so much more difficult a path to attain harvestability upon than the positive? Don asks a raw answer, 1733. It's a good question. This is due to a distortion of the Law of One, which indicates that the gateway to intelligent infinity be a gateway at the end of a straight and narrow path, as you may call it, to attain 51% dedication to the welfare of other selves is as difficult as attaining a grade of 5% dedication to other selves. The, shall we say, sinkhole of indifference is between those two. This sinkhole of indifference is... um, the swamp <laughs> in which the non-harvestable live, and that means those repeating the density, which includes almost all the negatives. You see, the 3D negative humans, who um, you know are enjoying their um, fruits of power, are generally all harvest. Uh, generally, all uh, repeating the density. I mean, almost none of them are harvestable. I mean, the number of harvestable negatives on Earth. Probably is less than fifty. I mean, I don't know, but it's probably uh, a few dozen, and that's about it. And uh, the vast majority of human leaders will repeat the density. Just like everyone else, uh, coming from this, you know, s- swimming through the vast sinkhole of indifference. Indifference is not seeking, non-seeking. Uh, and so the the Metaphysics here is very subtle, actually. Uh, the uh, gateway at the end of a straight and narrow path, in many ways, I believe, represents, is an analogy for the contact between root chakra and crown. The straight and narrow path is Sushumna, or the upwards spiraling light from south pole to north pole the gateway to intelligent infinity is the activation of sixth chakra to seventh chakra to eighth density contacting intelligent infinity uh that type of um energy activation is required for harvestability whether it's during the time of dimensional shift or before doesn't matter uh to achieve that uh on the positive path requires um some kind of seven chakras unblockage, a certain degree of unblockage of all seven chakras. And that is akin to 51%, which is much easier, it seems, actually. In fact, the negative path is more difficult for, for you know, the humans that are doing, that are going to harvest, they're going to repeat 3D. The humans that are negative, and they're going to repeat 3D. They're not even on the negative path, many of them that's not, they're not on the negative path, many of them are just playing, they're just having, they're just enjoying the fruits of power, and they have no morality, and, you know, if everybody dies other than me, it's okay, because it's not me, right, so, if I kill everybody, or my minions kill everybody, and everybody, else people tortured and suffered, it's not me, right, it's okay, that's their mind, Uh, and uh, they have no idea about path, actually, Rasputin knows path genghis khan and Bulba, they know path path is not the same thing as just um, enjoying the fruits of power uh, without morality and so <clears throat> in terms of path the for those who then wish to block heart chakra which is their choice they also would be blocking second and third chakra and keep some blockage in first so they end up with significant blockage in two three four Yet still need to open that gateway to intelligent infinity, six, seven, eight. Hard to do, uh, and that's why uh, it's called ninety-nine. You know, ninety-five percent serves Self, which means um, very great compression, constriction, restriction, contraction of heart, of care of others, and that's why they do things like the cremation of care, so that they become less and less caring. so they they don't inadvertently have uh, fall prey to heart chakra activation. (laughs) Anyway, 1734, then we'll go to questions. We're almost at the end here. Well, then if an entity is harvested into fourth density with a grade of, let's say, 51% service for others, 49% for self, meaning selfish, let's say, what level of fourth density would he go to Assuming there are different levels of fourth density, it's also an interesting question. Ross says it's correct, which really means, yes, there are different levels of fourth density, or any density. Those are called subplane levels. Ross says each enters the sub-density which vibrates in accordance with the entity's understanding. Now, if you go to a, a fourth density group like the Palladians, they all have similar bodies, meaning fourth density activated body mind spirit complex physical space time however at the level of mind they could be considered living at different sub densities meaning some people are more advanced than others just like on earth here today Uh, we all have 3D physical yellow ray body but some people are you know working on six and seven chakras some people um, hardly can think whatsoever and so they're just uh, 3.2, meaning um, their mind vibrates at the energetic level associated with the lower subplane in third density at the human level. Some other people, because of spiritual effort, effort on the path and self-development, are vibrating at a higher subdensity or subplane or octave of the 3D um 3d scale so some people could be considered 3.6 and some are 3.2 of course but they may still be living in the same group on the same planet at the same time and a similar body so that's how i understand entering uh, a particular sub density which vibrates in accordance with one's understanding Uh, the sub density in this case represents a condition of mind which may not which wouldn't necessarily mean they have a different body or they're in a different place. It's not like the guys who are 4.4 are over there and the guys who are 4.2 are over there. It's not, I don't think it's like that. 1735, how many levels do we have here on third density at this time? In Ra, uh, who gives the full answer? The third density has an infinite number of levels. Of course. You know, This is infinity. We're living in infinity. We can call it 7 or a 3 or a 1. A 2 or a 1. 7 or a 3. But it's actually infinity. Fine. It can appear as a 7 or a 3 or a 1. A 1 or a 2. But it's also infinity. It's It's infinity appearing as finity. So in talking about you know, the appearance of infinity as finity, it's much more helpful to use certain numbers, like seven subplanes, thirteen, seventeen, thirty-six. so Don is, you know, Ron knows the absolute view, and they know the relative view, and they're giving both, and Don doesn't necessarily know or know that there's a distinction that needs to be separated and combined. <laughs> there's a distinction between absolute view and relative view, these are called the two truths in Buddhism. It's a later Buddhist view, but it's actually very useful. You know, there is that which cannot be spoken of. The best you can do is say, Mysterium or Infinity. And then there is that which you can speak of, which we can call Unity, or Duality, or One, Three, Seven, but uh, or the Ten Thousand Things, as Chinese would. But um, you either can speak or you can't speak, but Uh, that which you may speak of is essentially the same as that which may not be spoken of. It's just two different perspectives. Reality may be spoken of and may be realized as that which is beyond concept two. We may apply naming activity and we may realize eventually that naming activity is an illusion. Meanwhile, Uh, infinity uh, infinity, the nameless uh, takes form and there are seven colors of a rainbow more or less so it's helpful to talk about reality with name in accord with natural law meaning um, we speak universal truth universal principle if you say there are uh, 60 67 colors in the spectrum that's not as accurate as saying there's seven. but to say, And to say that seven can be divided each one into seven, so you get 49, is a little bit more accurate than to saying it's uh, 62.311. Because one numbering, or one form of naming activity, uh, is more congruent with natural law, which is that the one through the three becomes a seven, and the seven, each one, can be divided into seven, giving 49 that's that conceptualization is more accurate it seems than uh saying no it's uh 62.118 meaning um there is natural law and the the ratios of creation and wisdom can determine that or see and know yet (laughs) essentially it's all nameless so this is the the interplay between relative view and absolute view. And that's why Ra first says third density has an infinite number of levels. Every density has an infinite number of levels, uh, because all is one, and that one is infinity. 1736, Don says, I've heard that there are seven astral and seven devatonic primary levels, is it correct? And Ra says, you speak of some of the more large distinctions and levels in your inner planes. Uh, meaning you can divide the astral plane or 3D time-space into 7 also. Well, it says this is correct. So first they say, third density has an infinite number of levels. Then they say, yes, you can say there are 7 astral or devachonic and or devatronic primary levels too. So what is it? Is it 7 or is it infinite? It's both. <coughs> uh, and then okay, two more about third density, and then we'll call it a day. Seventeen thirty-seven. Well, who inhabits the astral and who inhabits or inhabits the devachanic planes? This is um, De- devachan. Deva means bright, shining, radiant one from Sanskrit. Chan is a realm. Devachan is the realm of the devas, but again, you know, there's so much confusion around this. Uh. You can call the, uh, well, I'll, I'll um, let me read Ra's answer and then unpack it. Ra 1737 says, Entities inhabit the various planes due to their vibrational nature. The astral plane varies from thought forms in its lower extremities to enlightened beings who become dedicated to teach learning in the higher astral planes. In the devatonic planes, as you call them, are those whose vibrations are even more close to the primal distortions of love-light. Beyond these planes, there are others. So, entities in general inhabit various planes, do their vibrational nature, uh, birds of a feather, flocking together, um, energy follows thought, you get the body you deserve, uh, mind, you know, you make your own reality. So, by karma and the activity of uh, thought, word, deed, from the past, we develop uh, our body-mind-spirit complex, ourselves. We develop ourselves. A lot or a little. More or less. Here and there. This way and that. That changes our uh, seven chakra system, body-mind-spirit complex, mm-hmm. that has an effect you know, uh, on energy. The thought Energy follows thought means that by thought, by intention, by what you focus on, what you value, how you want to live, what you really value is important. That determines your speech and your action, physical action, uh, and that makes karma, and that changes what you are. And that that leads to an expression, that is the expression of your vibrational nature. So your vibrational nature is a result of your mind uh, and the karmic flow of cause and effect, that leads to inhabiting various planes. So, those in hell deserve to be in hell. Those in in devachan deserve to be in devachan. So the astral plane at the bottom, the lower, is uh, thought forms, like um, very, um, not this is non and soul, but this is sort of fragments of, of like cloud like cloud-like fragmentary uh, thought-form aggregations, aggregates. They're like clouds. They, and they can take shape, but they come and they go, but it's not a really a, a soul. Then up to enlightened beings dedicated to teaching, teach learning on the higher astral planes. Uh, beyond that, you've got Devachan. So, uh, you know, it's a lot, it's a question of semantics. Uh, If you say they're enlightened beings dedicated to teaching, well, they're what? Which stage of Buddhist enlightenment are we looking at, right? Which penetration? uh, How many penetrations of intelligent infinity are we talking about, to to use the word enlightened? Obviously, it doesn't mean that much in Ra's usage right here, because they're saying that there's higher than that, higher than the higher astral, are devachonic planes, with those whose vibrations are closer to the primal distortions of love light, meaning less distorted, meaning more uh, related to like you know sixth density or seventh density being. So, gotta be careful with language, and um, some people use the word enlightened very, very loosely, and some people use it in a very tight way. You know, this is the this is the world of confusion. So, people say the same word and they have different understanding. They don't even know if they have different understanding or what they understand. People say, oh, he's enlightened. So they think, oh, my guru is enlightened. Then they're shocked when there's some scandal because they don't understand there are, in Buddhism, four levels of enlightenment, and uh, various hindrances are not wiped away with first or second enlightenment. There may be still ill will and uh, desire. Various forms of uh, at grasping and aversion, even after the first and second penetrations of Intelligent Infinity or levels of Buddhist awakening. So, your master may have had enlightenment experience and may still have lower chakra blockage and patterns of grasping and aversion. It's very, it, you know, if you want to understand this thing, it takes a long time. This is not easy. So, uh, that's Ra's quick overview of the astral and devachonic and the number of planes and this will be the last for today uh well don says well does each does this is difficult yes our our physical plane are there seven da, 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 da. so he was obviously a bit overwhelmed here this is not a tape malfunction this is him realizing wow there are a lot of there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of information to consider here are there seven subplanes to what we call our physical plane, too? So first he was told that the number of planes in third density is infinite. Then he says, then he's told that, yeah, you can say seven astral, seven devachanic. Then there are levels of each. There are levels of the astral, levels of the devachanic, and there are levels beyond that. And then what about the physical plane? Yeah, so are there subplanes to the physical plane? Ross says, you're correct. Ross says, this is difficult to understand. There are an infinite number of planes. In your particular space-time continuum distortion, there are seven subplanes of mind-body-spirit complexes, and that's what I'm saying. Seven subplanes of of levels of awakening or development of beings. Seven subplanes of people. Seven subplanes of the mind of uh, other folks here. You will discover, and this is the key here. You will discover the vibrational nature of these seven planes as you pass pass through your experiential distortions, meeting other selves of the various levels which correspond to the energy influx centers of the physical vehicle. What? You will discover the vibrational nature of the seven planes, meaning you can come to understand what we're talking about Mm -hmm. as the seven planes of the physical, 3D physical, 3D space-time, we can, you can discover and understand what we mean by seven levels of space, time, continuum, physical life, uh, which is the vibrational nature of the seven planes or levels that they're talking about, as you live your life, pass through your experiential distortions, meaning have your life experience of this and that, particularly by meeting others who represent or manifest, basically manifest, The various levels of these seven planes that they're talking about well how they level well the how others manifest the various levels or the seven planes that raw is talking about regarding 3d is how in mind or manifestation they correspond or they express the qualities of the energy influx centers of the physical vehicle meaning the seven chakras how the person, you know, like me I'm talking now, what am I expressing? Am I expressing um uh, you know, attachment to my to personal my personal feeling about my personal self and you know, how I woke up and what I had for breakfast and how I feel about my toes uh and my uh color of uh, you know, like my, my shirt color that second chocolate very low uh, but, you know, more likely I'm expressing this is a fifth and sixth, or sixth dimension, fifth, sixth dimensional manifestation. You know, relatively speaking, it doesn't mean the person's not distorted. Uh, the point is, as we go through our day and interact with other people, it is possible to discover what Ross is saying in terms of the vibrational nature of the seven planes of, of 3D, 3D physical, the seven levels of 3D consciousness, the seven levels or sub planes associated with self consciousness, the seven vibrational qualities associated with qualities of mind, which is the continuum from third to fourth chakra. As we interact with others and we can feel and Know how they express themselves, which is an expression of particular levels of the seven chakras. Is the person uh, expressing truth? Um, is this a you know communication-heavy interaction, or is this an emotional-heavy interaction? And what's the quality of the um, communication if it is? And what's the quality of this, this person's offering? And that's how we figure these things out. The second paragraph here uh, just see. yeah this we're getting close to the end here. second paragraph Ross says the invisible, so that first we're talking about the physical world we live in and how we can determine the seven levels by interaction with others, then second paragraph of thirteen of seventeen thirty eight the invisible or inner density planes are inhabited by those who are not of body complex nature such as yours. That is, they don't collect about their spirit-mind complexes a chemical body. Right? Body, mind, spirit. Their mind and spirit is not clothed in a chemical body. Nevertheless, these entities are also divided in what you may call an artificial dream within a dream into various levels. In the upper levels, desire to communicate knowledge back down to the outer planes of existence becomes less due to the intensive learned teaching which occurs upon these levels. Now in upper level, in, in higher stages of meditation, one really cannot think and um, the capacity to even think is uh, diminished. The, the, uh, the motor is shut off <laughs> because uh the mind is 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 uh the cir- let's just say the circulation of energy through mind complex is such that thinking doesn't happen likewise in higher levels of the astral plane or time space in in higher levels of the octave, meaning in seventh density, as Ross said the looking backwards is finished, so how the looking backwards is finished in seventh density for the seventh density totality being above higher self they don't look back they don't wander likewise in the upper levels of the astral plane 3.7 we may say uh, the desire to communicate knowledge back down to outer planes is less they have less desire so desire is heavily minimized desire is drained and even the capacity for communication um, depending on what they're learning, um, is diminished too, due to the intensive learned teaching which occurs upon these levels. And so the greatest teachers are invisible, of course, and the visible teachers are always junior students to the invisible ones, always. And, um, the great ones here know that. (laughs) The greater visible teachers know that their greatest, the true teachers are all invisible, of course. Uh, it is said that enlightenment is a or waking up is a form of um, waking up within the dream uh, awake within the dream, becoming awake within the dream and that's what happens when there's some realization of emptiness or multidimensionality uh, and that's uh, perceiving the artificial dream within a dream Uh, this, this is all Buddhist you know, very Buddhist kind of talking here. So, although the astral planes, they don't have a physical body, nevertheless, there are divisions according to their level of consciousness development. That division may be called an artificial dream within a dream. <coughs> um, likewise, uh, ignorance about multidimensionality and ignorance about uh, what's really going on here in this world is considered living um, asleep within the dream, and penetrating reality to some extent is uh, often in mystical, mystic traditions and some Eastern religions considered awakening within the dream. We're still in a dream, the dream of um, physical 3D, 3D space-time illusion. That's still a dream, but the mind is less awake, less asleep than before, more awake within the dream. Uh let me see. Okay, let me two more questions and that'll be it. And the, one of them is really one of them is is there a best way to meditate? And Ross says no. So there's no best religion, there's no best way to meditate, there's no best way to, best way to be of service to others. Okay? There's 1739, the last one for today. Then is it necessary to penetrate one plane at a time as we move from what we call 3D physical third density physical through these planes. Uh, And that's also a very good question. Ross says, It's been our experience that some penetrate several planes at one time, others penetrate them slowly, some in eagerness attempt to penetrate higher planes before penetrating the energies of so-called lower or more fundamental planes. This causes energy imbalance. You will find ill health, to frequently be the result of a subtle mismatch of energies in which some of the higher energy levels are being activated by the conscious attempts of the entity, while the entity has not penetrated the lower energy level, energy centers or sub-densities of this density. <laughs> so you see, raw wow, really, you know, this is why people don't study this, because it's too wordy. Uh, in terms of, uh, you see, sub-planes... It just means that there are gradations in chakra manifestation or chakra development, right? Fourth chakra, love, is not an on-or-off one-time shot, one-time deal. It's not, my heart chakra is open, oh, your heart chakra is closed. It's not like that at all. That's a childish approach. What it really is, is that there are levels of activation, there are levels of its being... um, there are gradations in its expression it's not it's like um, it's more like the the light the um, dimmer switch (laughs) the dimmer switch that you have on light bulbs so let's say you have a uh, 60 watt light bulb with the dimmer switch or the dimmer uh, dial you can dial it so that it's you know 20% activated 70%, 80%, 100% total on, all the dimmers all the way up, it's not dim at all, it's 100% activated, then it's most bright. The full 60 watts are shown. That gradation uh, from dim to totally bright, dim to maximal luminosity, is the gradation of the seven subplanes of a chakra in its expression or activation. And you can't really, you know, I'm going to target 3.4 and tomorrow I'm going to target 5.18 or 5.16 or something. This kind of thing is silly. You just keep working in the same direction and everything will happen as we need. But some penetrate several planes at once and some people get kind of imbalanced. And so particularly in terms of subplanes, but in terms of dense chakras as a whole, you have some people for sure who have developed fifth and sixth chakra quite well, but heart chakra is deficient. Those are the guys who get into trouble or we get into trouble when we have heart chakra not developed enough, but we have some power or wisdom communication knowing. And, um, this is a whole long story. So we, this could be a long, long discussion also. And Ra is basically saying, uh, in some cases people get sick because of this. Uh, ill health as frequently the result of mismatch of energies, subtle mismatch of energies in which higher levels of a chakra or particularly higher chakras themselves are more developed than lower. They haven't penetrated the lower levels, lower energy centers so there's there's lower chakra sub-chakra blockage, right? (laughs) He's blocked in 2.4 while he's well activated in 6.2, that can be a big problem. And so, it's very subtle and um, beyond uh, the level of discussion today. And um, let's just leave it there. So, you can say there are infinite number of planes. Okay, You can also say there are seven subplanes uh, to each dimension. You can also say that there are seven sub-levels to every um, chakra consciousness uh, complex. Every chakra consciousness expression could be divided into seven stages or seven levels too. And so you can divide it or you can not divide it. If you divide it, you just need to divide it in a a systematic way rather than um, made up by your own imagination. But uh, it's all very subtle and, um, you know, the key is to still, you know, energy follows thought. So if you keep your thought focused on learning and sincerity and good heart, kindness, care, acceptance, non-manipulation and honesty and good communication and listening and learning and being true, everything will get developed as it needs to. So let me complete session 17. So, uh, seven, seven, session 17 is long, 45 questions. We ended last time with a little, with long discussion of um, energy chakras or um, the development of subplanes of chakras and what happens when we skip some or there's an imbalance between higher and lower, maybe higher subplanes of higher, subplanes of higher chakras being developed while subplanes of lower chakras are still significantly blocked that's a problem what Ra calls a subtle mismatch of energies and um, the final question 1740 was is there a best way to meditate and Ra said no and same as uh, the angelics or whoever telling howard storm there's no best religion whatever religion helps you get closest to god or love god or love one another Like Ross said, there's no one way to be of, no one best way to be of service too. Uh, So many of these things, you know, there is no best meditation technique, there is no best way of service, there is no best religion, there is no best teaching, but the teaching that you can make use of to continue doing what's best, developing as best. So now, some questions at the end of session 17 on harvest. 1741, Don asks, at this time, near the end of the cycle, how many, how are reincarnations into the physical allocated on the planet? And so, that's the issue of what souls, who determines, how is it determined what souls incarnate now at this time, the end of the 3D cycle, time of harvest, that's very, um, it's quite an opportune time to be here. How does that how is that determined those the incarnations and Ross said entities wishing to obtain critically needed experience in order to become harvestable are incarnated with priority over those who will without too much probable possible doubt need to re-experience this density and so uh ross says this has been going on in 1742 this has been going on since the first individual entity became conscious of its need to learn the dense the lessons of this density this is the beginning of what you may call seniority by vibration seniority of a uh, preference for incarnation by vibratory condition particularly the vibration vibratory condition of those who um, uh, who are at the level of development by which critically needed experience, meaning 3D experience, uh, would be could be used by them to become harvestable, meaning they're near harvestability. Meaning near near uh fifty-one percent service to other generally, or ninety-five percent service to, to self, <clears throat> uh meaning they're very negative, or they're sufficiently positively oriented so that Incarnation now uh, would furnish them with catalyst uh, by which they can make the experience of self-development so that they are would be harvestable, which is a seniority by vibration or incarnation by um, seniority, you know, incarnational seniority by vibration and capacity to make use of 3.7 uh, dimensional level catalysts third density, seventh subplane in terms of time phase or energetic almost or right at the beginning of fourth density. Which is a little sobering to me because it basically says that the people of humanity, the earth earth humanity here, uh, this is sort of the best best you get here. Meaning, uh, of these repeating souls, the ones that are incarnated now significantly are those who could be harvestable if they use the, if their experience efficiently to develop love wisdom. Uh, but yet, look at the world as it is. You don't see too many, I don't see too many people making great efforts to learn or self-development whatsoever. Many people are goodly, but that's not positively polarized enough or harvestable. Uh, lots of people are selfish, but not determined enough uh, to be anywhere near negative harvestability or the negative So, <laughs> Yet this is uh you know the cream of the crop, maybe <laughs> this is uh the manifestation of uh, seniority, and um, yet few will harvest so that's interesting uh, and so yeah there is a um, there is coordination of incarnation on planets at particular times at any time, according to. Um, the likelihood of those entities making use of the life experience for soul evolution. And so it's been going on, uh, since the first individual entity became conscious of its need to learn the lessons of this density, which is really saying, <laughs> since the beginning of incarnation in any density, or third density, since the beginning of third density on Earth, the determination of just who will be incarnating um, is related to what? So, soul, which souls can be, can make best use of the vibratory conditions? So, the first thing was the transfer of Martian souls uh, seventy-five thousand years ago, and then you know other groups or souls from other three D cycled planets also were sent here or transferred here by self. and that is all seniority vibration. This seniority by vibration is explained in seventeen forty three. Ross says the seniority by vibration is the preferential treatment, shall we say, which follows the ways of the law of one, which encourages harvestable individuals, each individual becoming aware of the time of harvest, and the need on a self level to bend mind, body and spirit towards the learned teaching of these lessons is being is given Uh, it incurs them uh, they are given priority in order that this entity may have the best possible chance of succeeding in this attempt. So uh, that's pretty simple. It's preferential treatment. Seniority in the ordering of those in line for incarnation from astral plane, time, space, into space, time, physical. Gaining given being given preferential treatment in terms of, uh, you know, the opportunity to, um, you know, anchor into fetuses <laughs> to become human uh, incarnated, to incarnate into physical bodies as they are made available as, uh, you know, gestation uh, and uh, embryonic fertilization occurs and you have, uh, you know, fetus fetuses or feti uh, available for souls to overshadow. That's it. This is really coordinated, obviously. Uh, that's simply uh, a manifestation of the law of one or the the laws of soul evolution in cosmic plan associated with the reality of unity that uh, seeks, you know, uh, that individuals keep growing and that encourages those that are harvestable or near harvestable um, to make use of the opportunity uh being given preferential treatment to incarnate over those who are much more likely to not graduate or be able to, meaning they're not closer to harvestability I mean what I see is a lot of people who don't seem pretty close to harvestability at all meanwhile what every single one of the seven billion um, could with a little bit of um uh, self-determined, efficient use of catalysts to be harvestable? Maybe more than it, it appears. But it appears to me there are a lot of people who are sleepwalking. <clears throat> uh, but this is, you know, an aspect of the law of service or the uh, the uh, way of service as a portion of the law of one, the karma. Karma, the law of karma, so that souls are given opportunity to develop themselves. and And that's about it for the uh, session 17 these questions about harvest and how it is that souls come to be incarnated here Uh, the universe is a kindly place uh, so that uh, souls have maximal opportunity to uh, develop themselves and so uh, the understanding that the purpose, Raw said. The purpose of incarnation is evolution of mind, body, spirit. Period. The purpose of incarnation is evolution of mind, body, spirit. That's why we are born. That's the purpose of life. Simple, clear, not very complicated. Uh, almost no one knows that here, uh, because negative uh, indoctrination is very successful. Uh, it's fully known in the astral plane and by higher self. And that guides the selection or the determination of who incarnates when, uh, and again, the universe uh you know seeks to help entities develop themselves. Ross said something like, "The original desire is that entities seek and become one. I had this on my I have this on my website for many, many years. The original desire is that entities seek and become one that's the purpose that's the original desire of intelligent infinity itself aware infinity that is the desire of infinity itself for itself in the form of beings in the lo- the in the um apparent location of dimensions to keep seeking uh, and ultimately uh return to awareness of unity and keep seeking beyond that, too. So uh, that's the end of session 17. So thanks for your listening. Um, It seems very wordy to me today. Maybe that's my state of mind. Uh, So uh, thanks for being here and see you next time. Okay, good night.